Hi, welcome to Chiropractical. I'm Chick Herbert. I'm Melissa Knudsen. And I'm Mike Whitmer. Throughout the year, we provide a lot of information. And today, we're taking a different approach. We've selected a handful of moments that stood out to us throughout the season. We're going to cover topics like professional boundaries, case studies, social media, a lot of really great highlights. I think one of the episodes that stuck out to me, Chick and Melissa, in this past year was when we had Heidi Bevis on from our claims department. She's got over 30 years of experience in chiropractic malpractice defense, and it was just really fun to hear her stories and get to pick her brain for an hour. Yeah, I agree, Mike. And one of the things that I took away from Heidi was a lot of us go through life and we can get on autopilot, which seems good. But I think if you're a doctor and in practice, that can be a dangerous place. I like to reminders also about professional boundaries. Remember what's appropriate, what's not. Always good reminders. And Chick, good point about being on autopilot in your practice. I think we all do that in our everyday life. We have certain routines that we just go through the motions and, and it's just automatic. And then, you know, sometimes something happens and it's a wake-up call. Oh, pay attention, which is fine in our daily lives. But when you're dealing with patient care, that autopilot is a dangerous place to be. Yeah. And you don't want to put your entire career and life development into a practice at risk by making some quick, bad decisions because you're not consciously thinking about it. Yep. Well, let's hear what Heidi had to say. One thing I've said for, for the last 30 years to these physicians is imagine yourself in front of a jury. Imagine your records in front of a jury. What's on there that shouldn't be on there? What's on there you wish you would have said? Is there something you would say, something you would not say with your spouse standing right in front of you? Treat your practice that way. Give it the respect that it deserves for your working so hard to get where you are. And be careful. We know how hard all of you have worked to get your license. It's not an easy task. Don't throw it away by one bad decision, one bad comment, one maybe misappropriate uh, treatment event where maybe you should have taken the time, take an extra five minutes, go over what you're going to do, make sure you have their approval and that they understand. It's just not worth potentially giving up your license for what you've worked so hard to get. That was Heidi Bevis from Season 2, Episode 6. When I look back on the last year of the podcast, one episode that really sticks out to me is when we had Dr. Kelly Humphreys on talking about sports chiropractic. I talk to chiropractors all the time that want to get into sports chiropractic. And over the past several years, this area of chiropractic has really exploded. So I thought that she gave us just some really good insights and some things to think about when a doctor's considering pursuing sports chiropractic. Yeah, there's a lot of hype around sports chiropractic. I like how Dr. Humphreys really brought it down to the human level to share that, yeah, there's a lot of great things that come with it, and it's a great career for a lot of folks, but it's not all glamour and roses, and there's a lot of hard work, and it's not all sexy work. So it's not right for everyone. You have to really understand what the profession is about and if it aligns with your motivations and what you want to get out of your practice. Like any job, it comes down to what are the activities that you're spending the majority of your time on, and you need to understand that before you make a decision in this field. She did a really good job of pulling back the curtain a little bit on sports chiropractic and giving us insights beyond the glamour. What does it involve? Well, let's hear what Dr. Humphreys had to say. So many people jump on sports medicine in general because it's glamorous. So mm -hmm. they, think, they think it's more than that. 
And I love what I do. I really do love what I do. But understand that as the medical provider, I'm the low man on the totem pole. People don't want to see me. They don't want to be dealing with me because if they're dealing with me, there's something wrong with the athlete. If that's not the life you kind of want to lead sometimes, you have to think about those things. That's my biggest piece of advice. Define it and then measure it against your own personal mission, vision, and values and and how you, you want your career and your life to look when you're done with all of this. That was from season two, episode three, featuring Dr. Kelly Humphreys. Another one that I really enjoyed was our conversation with David Siebert, president of NCMIC Insurance Company. He has a lot of claims experience. He's been with NCMIC for close to 25 years. He shared some really interesting case studies with us. Yeah, and the listeners seem to respond well to the case study approach. If I recall correctly, this was Tales of the Crypt. This was a really good lesson around the importance of documentation. Yeah, and a lot of really great stories. That's what got me. Uh, If you like a true crime or any type of those podcasts, this is an episode for you. What we provide here is just a clip from one of the segments, so we dive right in with some fairly alarming things. Let's take a listen. About 10 days before trial, we learned that the patient, Susan, actually decided to have her left leg amputated below the knee. The amputation was performed by a general surgeon because none of the orthopedic doctors would do it. The amputation also went forward without a psychological assessment, which is something you would typically see. This case became really scary because of those significant damages because of that amputation. Uh, On top of that, our doctor only had $100,000 in limits on the policy, which really didn't give us a whole lot of room to negotiate a settlement in this matter. Fortunately, though, there were a ton of positives for the defense of this case, and our defense team didn't feel that a settlement was in the best interest of the doctor. Dr. Rhodes kept really good records and told a very different story than the patient, which were, again, supported by those records. In addition, Dr. Rhodes was really professional, incredible, while the plaintiff, her testimony, came across as being really dramatic and not overly believable. I'm pleased to report we had a defense verdict on that case, so good news came from something that was a little scary. Always good news to get a defense verdict. What I really like about that episode was it reinforces all the risk management basics we're always trying to to drive home. Is documentation your favorite word? One of my favorites. That's from season two, episode eight with David Siebert. Chick and Melissa, another one of my favorite episodes that really stands out to me from the past year was when we had Dr. James Demetrius on and we took an NCMIC claims case presented it, and then he picked it apart and talked about what the doctor did and didn't do that helped and hurt his defense of the malpractice claim. And I loved it because it really was a great reinforcement of all the risk management basics, documentation, informed consent, uh, exam, history, all that. Yeah, great reminders. Another reason why it's a really important episode is because it's It's about disc herniation, and that's a really common thing that we hear about. And it's important for doctors to understand the type of risk management and documentation that you need to do should 
that happened to one of your patients. And I like the episode because Dr. Demetrius is a lot smarter than me and does a great job of citing studies with fact-based and evidence-based research. It makes it a lot of fun because he gets very excited about the citations and the research. And it's really good stuff that is helpful to doctors practicing, good practical information for them. So he does provide studies and we're going to jump right into the middle of those and that's where he'll pick it up. There was an article by Jensen in 1994 that looked at 100 asymptomatic patients, never had pain before, and 52% of them had bulging and herniated discs. There's a beautiful Mayo Clinic systematic review and that was performed in 2015, and it looked at the prevalence of disc herniation in our populations. From 20 to 80 years of age, the, the prevalence of bulging discs in the asymptomatic, never had pain category was anywhere from 30 to 84%. Lumbar protrusions, 30 to 43%. These are disc herniations and protrusions and bulges that are common in the non-pain group. Nakashima in the cervical spine found in the asymptomatic population in the journal spine, 88% of patients will have bulging discs. That was from Season 2, Episode 7 with Dr. James Demetrius. Those were a few of my favorites from this past year. Chick and Melissa, what were some of your favorite episodes? One of my favorites was Jennifer Herlihy, who is one of our uh, frequently used defense attorneys. And she is full of stories and full of wisdom. She focused a lot on social media and the effect of posting comments, pictures, videos, responding to reviews and the risk associated with that. Yeah, you have to be really careful, whether it's your personal site or your business site, on, on what you're putting out there, because it does last forever. A lot of people can see it, and you don't want to cross professional boundaries on those social media sites. She gave us some really good insights and practical advice when building your digital presence online, which doctors are doing more and more. There's definitely downside risk. I remember seeing a video of a doctor holding an infant upside down by their ankle. That's an image that's going to be very imprinted on people's minds. Well, let's take a listen to hear what Jen has to say. I don't want to infringe on any chiropractor's personal beliefs, but once it's placed on to their public website or a blog or Facebook, that becomes the issue. I always tell my chiropractors, what would your board think of the posting that you're putting on there? Could it be seen as unprofessional? Could it be seen as giving out advice that you, you should not be giving at that point, or it's not really in your realm of expertise? Really, the unprofessional part of that is where I get concerned because we do see members of the public print those posts out and contact their board for that exact purpose. You have a right to your opinion, but not if it's adverse to the regulations of the state. That's exactly what I've seen happen in several cases. If you can't give a vaccine, then you don't have an opinion on its efficacy on a website that is out to the public as a chiropractic physician. If you privately want to feel a certain way, you're entitled to it. But that is the way I define scope of practice. Can you do it? You can't. So you shouldn't be talking about it. That was from Season 2, Episode 9, featuring Jen Herlihy. Melissa, we haven't heard from you yet. What were highlights for you from this past season? Mike, there were a lot of really great episodes, so I can't pick just one. But one thing that really stood out to me is that there is a word that we said in every single podcast multiple times, and it was not chiropractic. Ooh, I think I know what it was. Documentation. 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 
as much as we joke about it, it comes down to the fundamentals of running a good practice. And that is one of the key fundamentals. So it is Mike, I appreciate your focus on documentation. I'm here to serve chick. We could make it a drinking game next year or next season. So maybe that's what we need to do for our audience. Well, that wraps up our year in review. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it very much. And we look forward to having you back next season. Take care. Be well. And and document. document.